Hi everyone, welcome back to Excerpts of Young Adulthood. I'm your host, Sarah, and today we're going to talk about overcoming insecurity. Today's episode is broken up into six different parts. The first two parts are things that I want to just establish about insecurity right now for me personally before we head into the next four parts, which each have one type of insecurity that I'm currently dealing with. I first want to establish that I have not found the perfect cure for insecurity, and I really wonder if insecurity is something that can be cured and you'll never have it anymore. I just want to say that I'm an impressionable teenager, so as I'm developing my sense of self and my identity, I'm seeing a lot of other people who may have things that I want or be the type of person who I want to be. So right now in my life, it is really hard to feel completely secure about myself. I've realized that the best thing to do is to just work through the insecurity, and that's how I develop my self-assuredness. So the main goal isn't to cure insecurity or to gain a complete sense of insecurity. It's rather to just build my confidence to the point where I feel pretty good about myself. Alright, moving on. So the second thing that I want to say is that it's really important for me to determine where my insecurity is stemming from. And I divide the origins of my insecurity into whether it stems externally or internally. I'll give you an example of college decisions. So during this past year, I applied to colleges and I heard back from the ones that I applied to. And there was a lot of disappointment and a lot of rejection. When it came down to processing those feelings, I had to think to myself, do I feel bad about myself because I worked really hard and didn't get the results that I wanted? Or do I feel bad about myself because I'm afraid of what other people will think of me? And that was a very powerful question for me to ask because I realized that the people who I was afraid who were going to judge me were people who I considered NPCs. Like, they were the type of people who I rarely talked to and who really weren't relevant in my life or who really didn't have a voice in my life unless they were talking about college decisions or college statistics, whatever. I realized that I wouldn't take their advice any day. So it was so important that I should not accept their judgment at all. What allowed me to make this mindset shift is realizing that I don't have to give power to these people. Of course, insecurity is not something that you can just switch on or off, but once I realized that I was giving so much power and so much of my mental space to these people, I just started to focus less on what they would think or say, and I just started to call them NPCs in my mind and just stop listening and stop worrying about what they would think. It was really important me important for me to decipher the internals versus the externals because if I didn't have that clarity on where my insecurity stemmed from, I would just have this giant jumble of insecurity, anxiety, thoughts, and feelings in my mind. And if you don't make it clear what each feeling or what each thought is, all that stuff in your mind just feels like a big, insurmountable, overwhelming thing. For me, journaling attacking all those thoughts and forming them into words enabled me to offload some of that insecurity and just feel a lot better about myself. So now we're going to move on to the four different types of insecurity that I'm trying to grapple with. 
The first of which is my fixation on external things of validation and the value of prestige. And just to give you some context, as I said before, I applied to colleges. I think that that process is so prestige oriented in some ways. And I'm also starting college student, which means that I'm going to start just pre-professional things, trying to network, trying to find opportunities and internships. So again, this this semblance of uh, prestige and the importance of external validation has really popped back up in my life in a way that's been different from what it has been before. I also think that the external shows of validation also manifests in class ranks or if you think that you're doing better in a class than someone else. So the ways that my sort of fixation on prestige and external means of validation manifest are in two different ways. The first of which is comparing myself to others, feeling like I'm not accomplished enough, I'm not doing enough, or I'm not impressive enough. And the other way that my insecurity manifests is on the completely opposite side, which is that I compare myself to others and try to make myself feel better so that since it appears that I'm doing more or studying harder. I know that that's a very egotistical way to feel, Um, I'm actively working on this, but I think it's good to bring my feelings and thoughts into words that I'm articulating now, since it's helping me to really identify the issues and trying to um, just find ways to address them. So far, I found two interlinked ways that I think are really helpful for me to stop comparing myself or at the very least reduce my sense of comparison. The first of which is to focus on what I love and to do it with all of my heart. It's really beneficial for me to explicitly identify what brings me joy and what matters to me. I think it's cliche to say that when you're doing what you love, when you, when you're doing what you love, everything else melts away. I don't think it's that simple, but I think that when you do something you really like, it's a lot easier to choose to do that to be happy versus choosing to do that just to compare yourself to someone else. For example, um, I really enjoyed writing when I was in middle school, but I kind of stopped enjoying it once I went to high school and got so caught up in the competitive writing world. I was writing for contests and just not feeling like I had that same level of enjoyment as I did when I was younger. Now that I've graduated high school, I've picked up writing as a hobby, and I'm really doing it because it brings me joy. I'm not the best at writing by no means. I don't think that I have the discipline or the skill to write a complete novel, but I'm writing because I want to express my feelings and because it's a really fun way for me to just pass the time. Of course, when you're in the real world, and you might not have the ability to have your hobbies on hand all the time, but I think that it's so important to choose to do things that really bring you happiness because then you focus a lot less on what is happening to other people. Similarly, the second way that I'm trying to approach my insecurity is to know exactly what I want to accomplish. I really think that it's so important to have an end goal in mind, For example, with the writing thing that I was talking about earlier, my goal is to just have fun and to just write for the sake of writing fan fiction 
um, a new TV show or write a review for a book. Nothing too serious. I think it got really toxic for me when I didn't know what I wanted to accomplish during the past few years of my writing in the past, which meant that I constantly sought after the prestige or the ranks or the awards that my peers seemed to gain from writing, even though that necessarily wasn't what I wanted. Similarly, as I look to my college experience and I really want to get involved in some sort of social impact organization or some sort of policy organization, I know that some people will probably do these really cool internships at big law firms in the city. But what matters to me, and I really identify this as just using policy or using the law as a way to shape society in a way that's better. So I don't want to run the rat race of trying to get the most prestigious firm just because everyone else is. Rather, I'm identifying exactly what I want to accomplish and trying to stay in my own lane and accomplishing my own goal. Of course, I'm young, things are going to change, and it's definitely normal for my goals to change as well as I gain more experience and exposure in the field that I want to go into. But at least I have some fundamental level of what I want to accomplish that'll guide me for the short term or the long term. Next, we're going to focus on comparison culture more generally outside of exclusively prestige-oriented or status-driven occupations or fields. For example, um, when I was younger and even throughout high school, I fixated a lot on big friend groups. Of course, this is TV and media feeding you the idea of what a perfect friendship or a perfect social life should be. Maybe I just took this idealization too much to heart and didn't realize that it wasn't really realistic, at least for me, especially since I'm an introvert, so I usually just have three-ish close friends and I usually just hang out with my close friends one-on-one because I find that's that's what works best for me. So I think that I just romanticized and idealized a lot of what other people had. When I walked into the cafeteria and I saw these huge groups of girls who would sit together or when I saw on social media people posting pictures of themselves in groups of five or six, I thought that they had a a level of friendship that was so deep and so unique and meaningful that it seemed like there was something wrong with me that I didn't have those same friendships or connections. But what really helped me move on from this idealization and this romanticization is first just staying off of social media as much as I can. I really do believe that social media is a highlight reel, even if I'm actively aware that people post their most idealized selves, there's still some part of me that subconsciously feels bad, feels like I'm not living my life the fullest, and it feels like I don't have enough friends or I don't have enough connections. So yeah. Staying off of social media has been one of the best things I've done for my mental health and just to stop idealizing people. And the second thing I keep telling myself is that there's nothing inherently wrong or bad about you that makes it harder for you to have that idealization of a big friend group. In all honesty, those friend groups probably aren't that sort of very tight group of six or seven kids. And everyone is dealt their own wins and losses. So you're just 
as good as them. Your friendships are as good as them, even though they may look different and they probably are more similar than you think because people put up facades about their friend groups. Maybe there's a lot of drama. Maybe people only know each other superficially. So it's so important to realize that there's a lot more that goes on underneath the surface and the view that I had about these friend groups may be a lot more rosy than reality actually is. My third insecurity is social anxiety slash insecurity. So this includes the the fear of speaking up, the fear of looking like I'm too dumb or too smart, the fear of looking like I'm trying too much, or the fear of looking like I'm uncool. I was so afraid of speaking up in groups or making a joke that people wouldn't understand that I just never really spoke up. I defaulted to silence because I thought that was probably the coolest or that was the way that people would like me best since it doesn't feel like I'm fully integrated in that sort of friend group. But what I realized over the years is that it's just not a happy life sitting there in silence trying to understand the group's jokes or just not being engaged with the group. Like you're watching the group but you're not fully living or engaging in that experience. I think that I was also just so afraid of speaking up to the point where I was willing to sacrifice that engagement and that living and just having fun. It was really important for me to realize that even though I may remember a lot of small comments I made that were awkward or interactions that I just did not really engage with well, but other people do not. Other people probably remember that you or I was there that night at that party or that event that was really fun for them. They don't remember the smallest things. Do I even remember the smallest thing that they said years ago? Absolutely not. Of course, it's so much easier to say this than to actually do it, but I think moving forward, what's going to be helpful for me is to just break out of my shell a little bit more and not be afraid of showing people who I actually am because being quiet, even though it did feel safe, it just was still a very unhappy way to live. All right, so we're at the last insecurity, which for me is my appearance. I never considered myself to be conventionally pretty and I also suffer from some pretty bad acne. And it's just been hard to want to face people feeling like I'm not as pretty as them and feeling like they're judging me or even subconsciously thinking about the acne scars on my face or the way that my cheekbones are aligned. It got to a point where I was just afraid to look at myself in the mirror and I tried to avoid my reflection at all costs. How I'm trying to address it is kind of like the out of sight, out of mind concept where if I spend less time around people, then I feel like I'm less likely to actively think about my appearance. I'm not saying that the solution to insecurity is to just stop seeing people, but right now it's summer for me, so I'm out of school. I don't see people very often, and I think this mental piece has been very helpful for me to reflect more and just determine more reasons for why I feel insecure about my reflection. I honestly don't have a good quote-unquote solution for insecurity regarding appearance, but I just want to quote something that Spencer Barbosa said in one of her YouTube shorts, which is that people often point out your insecurities 
because it's often their insecurity. So they're focusing on it themselves and they just need to project it onto you. I think that that quote has really stuck with me for the times that people commented about my acne or something external that I hadn't really thought about before. But for insecurities that are more internally driven, like how my face looks or even some parts of my body that have more hair than usual, um, I think it's a lot harder to deal with those types of insecurity. I think that for me, just I think it'll come with age, that sense of self-assuredness, that confidence in my own body. But for now, I think it's important for me to just continue journaling, continue reflecting, and hopefully find more ways to feel confident about myself. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. We've made it to the end of the podcast. I hope that you related with some things that I talked about today. And if you have any questions, any feedback, episode ideas, or comments, please email me at excerptsofya@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Thank you so much again and see you in the next episode.